Blau und Weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum das einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. Uh, brought to you by the fans, for the fans. Uh, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Welcome back to the podcast once again. Uh, I do not do this alone. Let me bring in uh, my my energized, my super, super co-host. I don't know, this is stupid Jack. Jack Mangan, welcome to the show. I tried to, try to pump you up, and I just did a piss-ass job. Yeah, I don't know how energized I am for a Monday, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> glad to, glad to be here, I guess. I'll try to live up to that. Contain your energy. Let's go. Sure you Get pumped. Game of Thrones. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so anyway, how are you doing this evening? Doing all right. Not bad. Not bad. How about you? Uh, not too bad. It's not too often that we get a Friday uh, Friday game, and it's been so long since we had the game. Usually we do a, a Monday podcast, and the game, we just had the game the day before, two days earlier. But uh, this was three days now. It's hard to remember how, how long ago it was, but... Um, it was an uh, interesting game, to say the least, against Nuremberg. Yeah, let's just go with that, because I don't remember it either, so I'm sure something happened. <laughs> Things happened. The game started and the game ended. That's all we can tell you for sure. Soccer was um, played. Was that? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, coming to the game, it was a must-win. It had to be a must-win, because two teams uh, coming up on the horizon are teams that uh, we knew were, were going to be very difficult for us, Hoffenheim and Dortmund. We just played two teams uh, that were also difficult for us, so... Uh, this is one of the games that we had to win. It was a must win. It's a team below us in the table. Um, we're trying to stay out of the relegation fight, and uh, three points is a must. We didn't uh, quite get that, but uh, at least we did not lose. But it was close there for a few minutes, wasn't it? Far too close for comfort, given given the opposition. But, uh, yeah, luckily got something out of the match at the end of it. Yeah, so let's get, let's get to the lineups real quick for this one. Uh, so, so Nuremberg uh, led led by Boris Schomers. Uh in goal. They had Matenya Matenya who played very well uh, for Nuremberg a couple games this season. He made some big saves in the first game, even though they lost five uh, two. But in defense, they had Bauer, Mool, Everton, and Liebold. Uh, in the midfield, they had Eras, um, uh, Mateus Pereira, who's been a, who's a a thorn in our side all game long. Loven, Berens, Kirk, and then led by Ishak. Um, any names in there that that was worrying you before the game, or it was just, you know, it's a it's a team that's the bottom of the table, and we just had to win. It didn't matter who was there. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of, a whole lot of names that stand out on that team sheet, at least you know pre match. But I think I would agree with you in saying that um, Pereira was one of the standout performers for Nuremberg in the match, and, and definitely caused us problems for a, a large percentage of that game. You know, before we get into the Schalke into the Schalke team, was this surprising to you? How I mean, we talked about this last week. How Norberg had been playing a lot better lately, meaning all their games are fairly close. So was it was it surprising to you how close it was in this game for us compared to the first time we played them? I mean, we're so bad though. <laughs> I mean, can you ever really be that? Yeah. Surprised? I mean, what we beat Hanover one nil. Um, I mean, I guess you could look at some of the other matches around. 
these fixtures and say, you know, we did 1-0 against Leipzig and, and 2-1 against Frankfurt, so if we can hang with those teams, maybe we should put in better performances against the likes of Hanover and, and Nuremberg. But, I mean, no, I'm not surprised for it. This is a team that's fighting for their Bundesliga survival, um, and, you know, they have every much as reason to to win this game as we do. Um I mean, I figured it'd be competitive. I, I would have, I guess, I would have been surprised if the result was the same as the first encounter, just because I, you know, we're not, not that we were that good earlier in the season, but I mean, arguably, the second half's been even more disastrous than the first. Yeah, no, it absolutely has, and uh, there's no really explanation for it. Um, all right, let's get to the uh, Schalke lineup. In goal, obviously, is uh, Alexander Nubel. In defense, you had Stambouli, Sane, and Stasic. In the midfield, uh, in the in the pivot roles, Mascarel. And then in the and then you had Kalajiri, Bujalab, I mean Harit back in the lineup, and Bastian Ochipka. And then led by Bergi, uh, Guido Bergstaller, and uh, Steven Skripsky. Uh, what'd you make of the Shaka lineup going into this one? Uh, really mixed feelings on it. Uh, a, a lineup that features Skripsky ahead of Katuchu or Mbolo uh, at this point in the season is is just annoying to me um once again yeah. i i am leading the hashtag free katuchu movement um hoop stevens just doesn't like him for whatever reason you know bujaleb's been getting all of these starts since stevens took over and and katuchu's you know made some substitute appearances but i i i think he should be starting over Bergstaller and skripsky in my opinion i think he's looked like yeah. one of the better players um you know he, he played like a u19 match this weekend after not um Featuring in this match against Nurburg, so that that was disappointing. Uh, I mean, I just, I just, I'm sorry. I just don't think Skripsky's our best option to try to avoid relegation here. I, I just really don't. Um, that being said, it was nice to see Harit back in the fold. Uh, I know there's been some disciplinary issues and some other things going on behind the scenes with him this season, but uh, you know, at, at his best, he's you know maybe the X factor on the team. Yeah. Uh, you know, bring something to the table that not a lot of other players, if any, can can really bring for us. Um, Mascarell has done better recently in, in that deep role. I think he's started to kind of make that role his own. I mean, I wasn't like overly impressed with him in this one, but I think overall we've seen some consistency there over the past couple matches, which is nice. Um, and then once again, uh, Calajuri came back last week, I think it was, and so it's good to see him um, in the lineup once again because he's an important figure, although he is arguably at fault for the... Uh, the Nuremberg goal. We'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, we will get to that later. Um, but you know, overall, the first half. You just look at the first half as an umbrella. Um, this is not the way you would want a team who is trying to make sure they don't get to relegation zone, being Schalke, uh, come out. Uh, I thought Nuremberg played pretty well in that first half. You know, made us look, or maybe we made them look better than they were, or we made the, or they made us look worse than we were. But uh, either way, this is not. It was a pretty embarrassing first half. I thought. Um, I saw you had a couple of tweets out as well about you know pretty much being disgusted with the with the way they they played in the first half. Um, what'd you make of the lack of? I mean, I don't know if it was because Nuremberg was home and they're feeding off the crowd, or was it Schalke were a little flat coming out of the out of the game? I mean, the first ten fifteen minutes of this when we had to weather this storm from Nuremberg, yeah. and yeah, anytime you have to talk about weathering a storm from a team in, Nuremberg. in of Nuremberg's position in the table. You got a, you have a problem in terms of the yeah. way your team's playing. Um, yeah, it was just frustrating to watch. It's like you know, it's what are we doing? I mean, they they looked like I mean, but by the time the first half ended, I know this is a very like you know, 
cliche thing to say in, in, in soccer analysis. Like, they could have scored five goals. Well, I mean, they probably couldn't have because the amount of times any team scores five goals in a match is, like, virtually never. But, I mean, legitimately had multiple really good opportunities to score. Could have been, you know, a couple goals up at halftime easily. Um, and we were lucky that, that they weren't. And uh, that's not what you want to walk away from a half of football against a team like Nuremberg saying is that we're lucky not to be behind. I mean, we should be in the lead. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, it was not an even match in the first half. I'll say that. Uh, there was, there was a clear team that was better than us. Um, and I, I don't, I, I don't know what the issue is. Uh, cause I mean, look at the team sheet. You can't tell me that, you know, these are, these are evenly matched teams on paper. They're just not. They're um, not, yeah. I mean, but this has been a problem all year. I don't know if it's the blend of personalities or if it's an effort thing or what's going on, but, um, it's embarrassing that, you know, we go into a match that we absolutely should win a team that we've beaten up on pretty badly earlier in the season and a team that, um, is below us on the table. And we're, you know, if we're serious once again about trying to stay out of that 16th place, these are games that we need to get three points from because you can't bank on us getting points against Frankfurt or Leipzig or, you know, Hoffenheim and Dortmund coming up. Um, these are the games you got to win. Uh, these are the opportunities, you know, in the schedule, to, to make something happen. And uh, when you're not taking those chances, you just, you, you kind of, what do you say about it? I'm at a loss for words, really. It, it's, it's really frustrating. Yeah. And then on the flip side, we'll get to a team later who is in the same position as us, yet they showed up in a, in a must win game against a, a team that we've already faced, Eintracht. Um, yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, end of the first half, you know, Nuremberg nearly made us pay for um, how poor we were playing. Uh, Pereira, the guy we talked about who was uh, being, uh, all over the pitch, really, against us, the Thorner on our side. He gets taken down the box by Nubel. Uh, before we get to that, um, it was called a penalty. Do you agree with the call, that um, a clear-cut penalty there? Eh. I mean, I'm, I'm not upset about it being called because I think there was contact. But it, right. to me, when I watch the replays, it looks like Nubel got the ball and the player kind of simultaneously. Um, it wasn't one of those things where he dove and the player – made a touch and he completely missed the ball and then took the player out. I think he kind of got both of them. So I'm not upset that it was called a penalty, but it definitely wasn't the, uh, in my opinion, the most clear cut decision you're going to see. Um, and props to Barrera cause he was dangerous all game, but just really frustrating defending on that play. I think it was, uh, Mascarell who was sort of in his vicinity and kind of did like a shoulder check on him to see where he was. And then Pereira just dipped in behind him and he made no effort to run after him. And there was another player, who would have been more easily able to see what Pereira was doing because Mascarell kind of had his back to him. Um, and I forget which player, which Schalke player that was, but it was a free run into the box. And it's just really poor defending and, and awareness and everything. So um, cheap opportunity to concede there. Yeah, so a penalty gets called. And sure enough, you're thinking, here we go. We're down one nothing going into halftime. Um, Barron steps up. Barron's is... Uh, He's a pretty. I mean, when he's when he goes up there, it's pretty. You know, it's pretty good chances that he's going to score. Um, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't tell if he looked any nervous or anything or not. But uh, all I know is Nubel stepped up big for us. Yeah, the shot was low left, and he gets down, gets both paws on it, makes a save. Um, you know, what more can you say about Nubel um, with a save like that and what he's been doing for us down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great stop. Um, 
recently he's been he's been fantastic. Post international break, Newble's been Newble's been great, and he's been showing you you know why he's in that position over Ralph Thurman at the moment. Um, and it, be, I mean even before this penalty, and you can say what you want about him conceding it. So like you know it, maybe it's just kind of it, it evens out because he he's the one that put them in that opportunity. But um, you know earlier in the match he made I think there was one moment where he made a really good double save yeah. off a corner or something. Um, so he was he was putting in great saves all match then steps up and stops the penalty, which would have been a big moment heading into halftime. So, uh, yeah, props to him. Really pleased to see him doing well. Um, It makes such a difference when you have a goalkeeper who can come up with some of these things. Uh, And I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but, like, so many times in the past, uh, even when the team's not playing well, we've had had Ralph Fairman step up and make a couple saves that, you know, maybe he other goalkeepers wouldn't make. Right. And that's been able to, you know, make the difference in a couple matches where we'd get a point here or three points where we maybe otherwise wouldn't. Um, and I feel like Nubel's definitely been doing that for us over the past couple weeks, which is which is great to see. If he can keep that going for the rest of the season, that'll that'll serve us very well. Well, one hundred percent, and it was it was obvious that something needed to happen. Um, Imbolo would come on for Skripsky, and I thought finally, you know, that's that's part of getting it right. I agree with you. Uh, Imbolo and and Katucci are the guys who really should be out there. Not only they have the pace, but they seem like they have the most hunger at the moment, at least from the striker position. So, uh, to have Imbolo come on at, at the forty fifth minute for Skripsky, um, it was it was at least you would hope that it would be a sign of good things to come going down the stretch. Well, and the fact that it was the 45th minute and not the 55th minute or the yeah. 65th minute, yeah. I think tells you everything you need to know about the performance that Scripsy put in the first half. I mean, I, don't, I didn't hear his name once that I can remember. No. no. Um, I, I actually forgot that he was playing. I, rem- I remember when Mbolo was running out for the start of the second half and they're like, Mbolo's going to replace Scripsky. I was like, Scripsky was on the pitch? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, he was. I remember like looking at the team sheet and like thinking about, yeah, I mean, like seriously, just completely anonymous. Um, did, and I think he sc- he might have scored two goals against them in the five two, didn't he? I believe he did. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a brace in that one. So yeah, he was strange to see that that kind of change. But um, yeah, I mean, good to have Embolo on. Embolo's dangerous. Um, and there's not, I mean, the, relative to the rest of the team, I guess, cause I don't really think anyone's particularly dangerous on this team at the moment, but, mm-hmm. um, and has to start if he's fit, uh, he has to start and we're out of the other competitions. So there's no issue with fitness or, you know, needing to rest people because of midweek matches, right? We're out of the champions league. We're out of the people. Cow. All we have is the Bundesliga in needs to play every match. Sorry. End of story. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, and uh, he was the first substitution we had. Another substitution we had, uh, the second one, was um, a guy who we've missed for a while now. He's been uh, he basically banished to the U23 team. Uh, I'm talking about Nabil Bentaleb. Uh, he would come on in the 67th minute for Amin Harit, and then to round out the trio of substitutions, Sebastian Rudy would come on in the 81st for uh, Bujaleb, uh, but... Um, We'll get to that substitution a little bit later, but um, it was good to see Bentela back in the lineup. Is obviously that he had um, he has flair that some of the guys weren't having at, at, in this game. Harit was a little quiet in this game for me, and I, understandably he hasn't played in a while. Uh, but it's good to have a guy like Bentela back uh, with the vision and, and passing ability that he has. And he seemed like he was in it in the beginning, whether it was uh, trying to get a foul or just running around. Um, he seemed like he was ready to be back out there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would. Uh... McKenney actually looks like he might have a chance of coming back. Yeah. Um yeah. from injury. Don't know how that's possible because that ankle injury he suffered 
in the international break was was very nasty. But apparently he's been doing some individual training and is close to returning to practice with the team. Um, if he comes back, I'd love to see like a Bentaleb Harit, uh, McKenny midfield um, potentially. I mean, I don't know who really plays the six in that situation, but um, yeah, I'm. No disrespect to Bujaleb, he's been good coming in, but I, I don't think he's the answer over Bentaleb or other people. Um, and it could just be a selection issue because we've had suspensions and injuries and all that. But uh, yeah, it was Harit, even if he didn't impress that much in his 67 minutes or so, um, he's been out of the team, as you said. I think he deserves another you know, match to try to get back into the, the swing of things a little bit. Um, and I think that, you know, even if he's not taking it 100%, he probably brings more to the table than, you know, uh, Sebastian Rudy taking it 100%, whatever that's worth, you know? Yeah. No, uh, and and it, it's funny that um, we need we need a guy like, I mean, Harit, and a lot of whether he's 100%, you know, with his, uh, you know, ball dribbling skill ability or, or even like 70%. He, he's got it. He's, he's more than what we have currently. Uh, there's not many guys on the team who can, uh, attack the opposing opposition and, and try to create some scoring chances. Um, the more we see him, the more he'll get comfortable on the ball. But unfortunately for us, there's only a handful of games remaining. So, uh, maybe too little, too late with that. Um, so let's go to the third substitution, which is Sebastian Rudy. As soon as he comes on, well, shortly thereafter, um, the guy, there is a goal in the game. And it was by the lone substitution by Nuremberg, and it was Kubu, uh, Kubo who came on for Leibold in the 50th. Uh, he would get a header in the 82nd minute, scored a goal. Um, not going to say that's Rudy's fault because uh, he just came in the game, but eh, coincidence? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not going to blame on him either, but yeah, I mean, wouldn't you know it? The second he comes on, there's a, there's a goal that's scored. Yeah. So one nothing in 82nd, 82nd minute. It's like, what the heck? We're I thought we were the game was done. Um, I was ecstatic to see the reaction by the team post goal because uh, they very well could have caved in, like they, you know, you know, with, with the late losses they've had this season. Most recently, through Eintracht Frankfurt losing in the last seconds of the, literally the last second of the game, uh, with that penalty. So they very well could have just, you know, folded up shop and quit in this one. Uh, they did not. They, you know, they pressed right back immediately, and Nastasis gets his first goal for the Royal Blues. Uh, just uh, three minutes later. Um, Nice little, nice little rebound, deflection goal, or whatever you want to call it. Um, loose ball in the box, he gets it. Um, about time, right? We've been waiting to see Nastasha score. He has one of the best aerial abilities on the team, yet he can never find the put the ball in the back of the net with his head or or foot or whatever. He's come close many, many times. So uh, it was a crucial goal, big goal for him to score there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I agree 100. percent I mean, even even somebody like Salif Sne who has not been that great in the air or anything this season has, has at least a couple goals, I think to his name. So pretty surprising that somebody who's been in the, in, in the team as long as Nastasic has, has yet to score a goal, but it was a nice piece of heads up play. Um, it was, uh, I believe it was off a corner or something or a free kick, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was cleared out and, and Mascarell just kind of swung his leg at it and it was going off target. It was going to go, you know, right of the, uh, of, of the post, but Nastasic put out a foot and, and redirected it into the goal. Um, great, I mean, yeah, great response, obviously just a couple minutes after, after you can see it, you got to feel for Nuremberg fans. I mean, that, that, yeah, that goal yeah. that they scored was such an important moment in their season and, you know, their, their attempts to kind of climb the table and, and leapfrog Stuttgart and then to lose that to Nastasic, a center back who's never scored a goal before in his career. is just like, I mean, if you're a Nuremberg fan, you got to be like, 
what else can the soccer gods throw at us? Uh, I felt really bad for them. But going back to the uh, the goal that we conceded for a moment, just yeah. what a garbage sequence of defense. I mean, so Pereira is the guy who plays the ball in. Yeah. He had the ball, was like fouled and fell down, and then somehow received the ball back and played the Like, I mean, come on. And then <laughs> Daniel Caligiuri is tracking back just kind of like jogging as this play is developing. And he's got Kubo like in his line of sight. Like he's it's not Kubo's not making a run and off off yeah. behind him off the shoulder or anything. He knows exactly where Kubo is. Well, as they're approaching the box, Kubo picks up his pace and starts like kind of sprinting into the box. Caligiuri sees it and makes no effort to run with him. He's just watching Pereira with the ball. I mean, literally makes no effort to track or put a body on him. And Kubo slips in, receives the ball, uncontested header near post. And, um, I mean, you hate to see it because Caligiuri is such an important player from us. But just, like, you got to want it more. Everything that's going on in the position we are in the table, you're just going to let somebody run by you and get a free header. In the, I mean, like, come on. Like, wh- what are you doing? You, you've worked hard for... 80 minutes to keep him off the score sheet, then you're just going to let that happen. It's just, it's just really, it's the kind of stuff we weren't seeing from this team last year. Um, and it's, it, I'm a broken record for sure. I, I say this repeatedly, but like, you know, it, it's, it's true. It's the way I feel. It's like, you know, if a team breaks you down, you tip your hat to them and you say, good job. If you just let free runners into the box, I, I'm not okay with that. I'm going to be angry about it. Um, you know, sometimes a team is better than you. And you're gonna have those days. That, that's just that's just how soccer works. But um, this is not an example of that. This is a bad Nuremberg team, and they scored. The only the only reason they scored a goal was because, I mean, they could have had you know some chances in the first half. But the only reason they scored a goal is because you didn't care enough to 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 try to run with them. So, um, yeah, frustrating. It's it's probably too late in the season for me to realistically hope that we're going to be able to turn that kind of stuff around because it's just kind of like the MO of this team at this point. But we just all I can hope for is that something changes on the offensive end and we don't have too many more of those kind of plays for the rest of the season. Otherwise, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be in trouble again. It's it's really frustrating. Yeah, this has been a recurring theme throughout this year where uh goals get scored on us with guys just, you know, lackadaisical on the defensive side, backtracking ever so nonchalantly, I guess. Um, and that was a prime, a prime example there with Caligiuri. Um, sticking with Caligiuri, I mean, other than other than that play, he was one of the more, um, I want to say influential, but I want to say uh, he was involved in most of the plays. I mean, he had a lot of crosses in the game. He had a four key passes. I think something like six crosses, something crazy like that. Um, he was he he was trying to you know trying to get stuff going going down the right flank, but. Um, well, that's what I said. I, I hate to see it. I hate to call him out for it, but I mean that's just kind of the way it works. One bad play can totally define. Uh, absolutely. You know especially your game lost for game? you. Especially yeah, lost game. Shoot. For sure. I mean, so yeah, you can talk about the good stuff he did, but I think that's outweighed by you know a three second lapse in in concentration or effort, and that's that. I mean, that sucks because, but it, it, it's a ninety minute game. That that's the way it works. Yeah. You're a, you're a professional. You got to be locked in. And given 100% effort for for the entire 90 minutes, because you know even a team like Nuremberg, if you switch off for a split second, they can punish you. These are professional soccer players, dude. I mean, as bad as they are, you know these are, these are top flight exactly exactly professionals, and and you know they're not, they're not messing around. So, well, the game ended one one. It was a pivotal point because coming into this game, we were only five points above the relegation spot, where which which Stuttgart hold 
Um, and so this game ends 1-1. Possession-wise, Nuremberg had the advantage in this game. Uh, it was not too surprising considering how we saw, the, especially in the first half. Uh, they had a slight advantage in goal or shots on goal. Um, well, shots on goal was 6-2 advantage to them, but uh, total shots was pretty even. Uh, corner kicks is fairly even for the most part. We had more crosses, probably thanks to Daniel Caligiri. Uh, we had one more yellow card than them. But, um, yeah, it wasn't uh, the greatest greatest thing to see, you know, especially, uh, yeah, I get it. It's both teams are trying to get out of this relegation zone. You expect it to be a tough match, but we 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 already seen how we play against Nuremberg the first, first time going around. I didn't think it was a fluke, the 5-2, 5-2 game. Um, I thought... You know we are a much better team on paper than than Nuremberg are, and it obviously didn't show up. And and Nuremberg came, Nuremberg came to play, so um, I mean they def- they're definitely a slightly different team from where they were at that point Fair in enough. the season. Fair the, their defense has has solidified a little bit. Um, they're not as leaky as they once were. Uh, they've definitely made some improvements, but uh, yeah. Sorry, continue. Well, yeah, so the, the question was, we get a point in this one. We wanted three, but we got a point at least. Um, and we're curious what the rest of uh, the, the teams around us, so Hanover, Stuttgart, Augsburg, how they would do this weekend. Uh, we got thrown a bone in this one. Uh, we'll start off with Hanover. Hanover lost to Gladbach one nothing. I mean, not many people would, would suggest or think that Gladbach would lose this one, but uh, it was a lot closer than people were hoping for, at least at least in our end. Um, so one nothing for Gladbach. Uh, the winner would go to Rafael. He would score a goal in the 53rd minute. So that's good news for us. Uh, scrolling down through, uh, the other big game was Stuttgart against uh, Leverkusen. Stuttgart was at home. Um, many of us would assume that Leverkusen should handle them fairly easily. Uh, but again, another close matchup. Uh, Kai Havertz with a penalty kick in the 64th minute. Uh, that locked the victory up for them uh, on the road. Um, and then uh, looking on to... Sunday, I forget, we play Friday, so it, 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 you forget with this, but uh, on Sunday, um, Eintracht was hosting Augsburg. So you had uh, Eintracht who who beat us, uh, well, they beat us 2-1, late goal uh, most recently, but they're still in Europa League, they're fighting for that. Um, they're at home, so you'd expect them to beat Augsburg. Um, however, Augsburg, they showed the fight that you want in, in a team that's battling relegation. Uh, they get their victors 3-1. to one. Um, Eintracht opened the scoring in the 14th minute with Paciencia. Um, he was a thorn in our side in the game. But then Richter had two goals before halftime. Um, Fernandez, Joseph Fernandez gets another red card. He's just a red card machine, it seems like, <laughs> right? Um, and then uh, Gregorich, uh, the, the big striker, he would get a goal in the 84th minute to seal victory for Augsburg. So with that, Jack, uh, the tables have changed just ever so slightly. Hanover still in last, 14 points. Nuremberg, uh, with a point, they got, now have 18, but they're still second last. Uh, Stuttgart have no points, so they remain at 21. We picked up a point, so the gap opens up to six points. We have 27 but Augsburg, they leapfrog us. So with that cushion with a team in between us and Stuttgart is no longer. Um, but there was some good news this weekend, but uh, having Augsburg lose is also um, not a, not that great of a, of a thing for us. But luck, at least Stuttgart lost, right? Uh, yeah, 100% agreement. Um, the Augsburg didn't 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 see that coming. Uh, that no. performance, yeah, against against Frankfurt, that's a good result for them. Props. Uh, but I'm not particularly concerned with what Augsburg's doing. I'm concerned with what Stuttgart's doing. And yeah. Stuttgart yeah. taking another L was big, got that six-point gap back. And, and that's the most important thing is, is where we are relative to to 16th place in terms of that, that point gap. So, um, yeah, luckily, 
luckily Stuttgart took another, <laughs> took another L because um, we're not we're not getting the job done at the moment. But um, yeah, Augsburg can do whatever they want as long as we're maintaining that gap. I'm I'm, I'm happy for the time being. Well, this uh, that makes it this weekend a little bit more interesting, right? We play a team that's uh, in pretty good form this season, Hoffenheim. Um, we got, we are, we're at home, but I guess it doesn't matter these days where we're playing. We played the same, right? Um, but uh, the big game, I think, for us, at least Schalke fans, goes Augsburg hosting Stuttgart this weekend. Um, hopefully Augsburg can show up again as they did against Eintracht, and hopefully uh, Stuttgart are nowhere to be seen. But, I mean, anything can happen. If, it, uh, if, if Stuttgart get a win, we get a loss. That's down to three points now. We don't want to see that, and um, um, let's let's hope it doesn't come back to come down to that last playoff or last match of the season against Stuttgart. Winner take all. I'm not gonna be able to watch that if that happens. No, I don't think. No, I don't think. I don't no. think my nerves are gonna take it, man. Uh, we should take a poll and see, you know, how many people, if it came down to the last game, would watch that last game. It's gonna be heartbreaking. I mean, I'm going to, but I'm gonna be like, you know, like this the entire time, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hands, hands over the Resigning face. Resigning to cry, possibly at the end of the game, you know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, let's hope it doesn't get there, but yeah, we need Augsburg. We need to start pulling for Augsburg uh, this weekend at least coming up. Um, do you want to take any predictions? Either forget, forget the forget the Augsburg match. Let's talk about Schalke at least. Uh, what are predictions uh, for that match against Hoffenheim? Can we can we hope for a draw at least? Have we beaten Nagelsmann ever? No. Uh, we drew them in the first game in the in the in the early part of the season last season, and then we I want to say we drew them. I, I don't think no. I think we lost. We lost, we, lost, we lost the first game last season, and we drew the next two. I believe we drew this year one one. We drew two two. I think in the we're due. We're due for a win. I'm gonna go for a random a random victory against what? the top top six team. Let's go for it. Why not? Let's be positive. We're gonna I get would, it done. That would almost seal seal the the Bundesliga for next season if we get that win. Harit with a goal. We'll see that one. The collector's item, Harit goal. We'll do that. We're gonna go Harit and Bergstaller with goals. Is what I'm gonna say. Harit and Bergstaller. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh yeah. Uh I'm gonna two, go with, two oh, one. At least get a point. Two one. Okay. Two one. Okay. A goal fest for us. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Shaka scoring two goals. Oh my goodness! Wild times. I'm gonna go one one. I'm gonna go one one. Okay. Um, I have I, I hope that uh, Stevens can rally the guys and and get them to play much better, especially now that they're home. We got the the home crowd's been um, loving the fight that they've had lately, um, and that's all you can ask. And hopefully the, the 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 home crowd can pump up the boys enough just to get them uh get them at least a goal, get them get them playing well, and get them with a at least with a point walking out of this. But I'll take three points for sure. I'm 100% with you on that, Jack. Um. So, uh, yeah, we have Hoffenheim this week. We have the big derby the week after. It's still two weeks out, but, you know, I found a couple articles, Jack, on uh, the, the River Derby. Uh, obviously, Bundesliga.com is already starting to prep it now, and so a couple articles that came out a couple days ago over this weekend. Um, the first one we're going to get into, it's uh, talking about, um, you know, crossing the River Derby divide. So basically this is about players who played for both Schalke and Dortmund. All right? Follow me on this one? Yeah. All right, so the first one that they, they, they list is Stan Libuda. Uh, he played with, uh, with with Schalke between 61 and 65, uh, but then he made the switch. Who could forget? And, who could? I mean, obviously, that was the heyday of our, our watching time, right? Um, but he eventually would move on to uh, to Dortmund the next year, and he would you know get some trophies there, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, next on the list is Ingo Enderberger. Uh He played for both clubs as well. 
Um, he started off with with Dortmund in this one, and then he ended up going with the with the Schalke team um, in 1991. Helped them get promoted, um, and then he was also obviously part of the famous Euro Fighters team that ended up winning the cup in the UEFA Cup in 1997. Um, He's he's had 82 goals and 321 appearances, and he was actually named or voted to Schalke's team of the century. So he's one of uh, the Schalke greats uh, as voted uh, as voted by the fans. Another name on the list is uh, Andreas Müller. Uh, he played for both the Black and Yellow and and the Royal Blues. Um, he 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 obviously won won a title with uh, with Dortmund um, in uh, in the 90s, but uh, yeah, he's been he was Schalke at the end of his career. Um, Going to a guy that we hear a lot lately on telecast, that is, and uh, he's usually Phil Bonney's um, a cohort in these things. Is Stefan Freund? Um, he was a uh, he played for for Schalke for um, in the early '90s, really, and then uh, and then eventually he made the switch to to Dortmund in, in the late '90s and ended his career there. And then last but not least, Jans Lehmann. Um, he was obviously part of the Eurofighters team. Won the won the um, UEFA Cup. He was the only goal. He was the first goalie to score a goal in a Bundesliga game for Schalke against Dortmund in the Riviera Derby. Uh, eventually, he would move on to Dortmund and win the title with him in 2001-2002. So, uh, any yeah, of if, if you haven't seen to... that, if you haven't seen that Jens Lehmann goal, go look it up on YouTube. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. And the yeah. celebration. Oh, I could watch it on loop. This kind of season, we need to watch that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Think of think of better times. I, I've been watching some Kevin Karani highlights recently. Um, this day, eleven years ago, Kevin Karani scored four goals. That's uh, that's part of the reason that I've been watching Kevin Karani highlights is because it's been a, it's, you know it's about that time. But yeah, <laughs> oh man, just to have those names that were Kevin Karani and and uh, the Alton Top brothers and all so on and so forth and Asamoah Asamoah, excuse me. Um, so anyway, uh, going on to the second article that that we found. Um, and I hate to dig into some old wounds, but I kind of have to, hoping that it'll it'll bring us some good luck going into this next River Derby. Um, this this is talking about the last time the River Derby was decided decided the Bundesliga title, right? So in 2006-2007, great campaign by Schalke that year. Um, we were playing really really well. A young Neuer was in was in goal. Um, it came down to the second to last game of the season. Uh, we played in the River Derby. Uh, Dortmund were struggling. They're the, struggling in mid-table obscurity, out of the European uh, European places. Uh, they would end up getting a, uh, a stinging victory. That not only we lost in that game, but we end up we end up losing the title that year. And very well, it was probably because of the Derby loss. Um, and so this year, you know, we got in two weeks. We play them again. They're they're this time going for the title. They're one point behind uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, we're hoping to maybe exact some kind of revenge. It would be as bad as this season has gone if we won that Riviera Derby and and not only saved ourselves from relegation but eliminated Dortmund's chances of a title. I wouldn't feel as bad. I don't know about you. I mean, I wonder what Schalke Nation has to say about that. You know, let us know on on Twitter. But Jack, how would you feel if that was the case? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, I want to win every Derby there is for sure. Um, it's not going to change the way I feel about this season for the most part. <laughs> um, hard, right? Yeah. And I think Dortmund fans would be pretty pissed <laughs> if we chose that match to show up and, and put in a good performance to keep them from winning the title. But um, ima- imagine the Twitter banter. <laughs> no, it'd be, it'd be chaos for sure. If only there was Twitter back in 2006, 2007, maybe I'm sure yeah. it would have been the opposite, but yeah. um, it's a big game at Signal. I do in a park then for, for sure. 
Um, but yeah, if we look at the remainder of the season, um, obviously we did talk about Hoffenheim and, and Dortmund coming up. Uh, then it then it gets really tricky for us. We got Augsburg, who's been playing pretty well lately, as we we've, we've we've talked about. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen is on the May 11th, and then the last game of the season uh, is against a team that is six points currently behind us. Currently, uh, yeah, that's Stuttgart. That hopefully that is not the game that decides the yeah. the fate of both these teams. Yeah, all I can say is that we better you know be more than three points ahead of them going into that one. Yeah. Or at least three, I should say, because I think I don't think they'd be able to catch us on goal difference, even is if that they tied the first tiebreaker. Isn't it? I'm, I would I'm I would, ass, I would assume it is. Isn't it in most leagues? If That's it's good, goal I, differential, I, I think we're good. If it's goal differential, um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it wouldn't uh, be head to head. Wouldn't be right. I don't think it'd be head to head. No, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think yeah. so. We'll, we'll look that up and we'll figure it out. But yeah, I mean, we're significantly ahead of them in goal differential, so we'd be fine even if it was a three-point gap, I would imagine. But yeah, if we go into that one like with a two-point lead or something like that, oh. uh, not not good for the uh, the blood pressure, for sure. Let, let, let's let's hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, let's let's make sure that let's, let's really hope that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, so. That's that's the remaining schedule for us. The last uh, five games of the season, and we're getting down to the end here. Um, can't so come soon enough. Was, you know, we're, we're th- was that? I said it can't come soon enough. It the end of the season. Yeah, work. seriously. Hopefully, we, we, we hopefully can get out of the season still in the, in the Bundesliga, and we can just worry about next year. See what Joachim Schneider can uh, stir up and, and and bring some magic. Hopefully, with either a, a quality manager and then some maybe some quality signings as well, and and find a way to reinvigorate the squad. Um, but, um, you know, speaking of reinvigorating, we, you know, we were here at Chalka podcast, uh, we're, we're, we're considering, um, a rebrand of sorts and we're wanting we want to reach out to the fans and think if we were to change our name, what would we change? We want to get your input and, and let us know what you think are some names. We're not going to throw any names out that we've been given already. A lot of people have chimed in already, but we want to hear, hear from you guys on Twitter. Uh, what would be a name you would like to hear Jack and I called now that it wouldn't be the Chalka podcast anymore. Um, try to make it a little unique. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna mention some of the our rivals uh, podcasts here. So uh, yeah, tell us what you think. If you any if you got any interesting names, um, please keep the cursing to a minimum, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the FC Shaika No Fear podcast is not exactly the most original name on the no. planet. So we're yeah we're considering a potential rebrand heading into next year. So we yeah that go Richard's sentiment there. We'd love your your input. And your thoughts. We'll probably send something out on Twitter about this as well. But uh, yeah, feel free to uh, give us your ideas. Maybe you'll be the person that comes up with the the new name for the podcast if we decide to go that route. That'd be fun. As we mentioned on on Facebook, uh, if uh, we end up do selecting your name as far as for our new for our new uh, podcast, I will send you a gift your way to help with the the thank you for the creative uh, creative. Uh, mention that you gave to us and, and inspiration so um send in send in your uh, suggestions and we'll we'll take them all to heart and uh we'll, we'll definitely pick one and come this off season and uh we'll let you know who who wins in that so uh um yeah it's uh it's a good time we want something uh something unique and um you know speaking of unique jack uh, jack has got his uh shaka flag behind him and his shaka hat i got my little banner behind me as well uh, it's a good time to go to the Shaka store, pick up something unique for yourself, whether it's a custom custom jersey or, or you want to get a kit for yourself, whatever. Uh, go there. You know, I think there's discounts on it right now. Yeah, maybe go buy that uh, that that Nuremberg Shaka friendship kit if it's still available. Because let, let me tell you something, 
I think that kid was better than any of the other three that we had from Umbro this season. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the kit we were wearing yeah, against Nuremberg. Yeah, that, that, I'm like, that was absolutely the best jersey I've seen all, all year. I'm like, did I just miss this and we did not wear this all year? Like, what's going on? This is this is actually a pretty good jersey. I want that. Jersey. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was just for that match because I haven't been overly impressed with the with the kits that we had this season. But I think no, I think that no. Nuremberg one was the best one for sure. So go grab that if it's available. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'll have to go grab that. And if it was still winter, I'd probably grab one of those jackets that Tedesco was wearing this season, those long, uh, long puffy jackets. But it is getting warm, at least in my end. I know not in Jack. Jack, maybe, maybe you need to go purchase that jacket. It's uh, still a little uh, winter urine. Uh, winter is there at your location. Yeah, we're still at the time of the year where Chicago temperatures can fluctuate by about 30 degrees day to day because Jeez. that's how weather works, apparently. Um yeah, it was like 60 on Saturday and then dropped to 30-something on, on, on Sunday and it was snowing after being, like, beautiful. Um, enough of that. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what to buy at this point. I have to – maybe I have to buy things for both seasons just to, just to make sure I can get through the next, like, month or so totally covered. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't envy you. I, I, um, I'm enjoying the little bit warm spell that we're getting at the moment. I can work in my yard, but – that means I gotta be active and I gotta do the honey do list. So anyway, uh, that I think uh, put a wrap on this one. Unless you got some uh, something to chime in on, Jack. We gotta get you like a Schalke garden gnome or something if they make those. That'd be cool. Ah, there you go, Schalke. Get on that. If there isn't one already, make sure you get one out there. Uh, a little Schalke gnome in the garden or something. Yeah, I can do. I can deal with that. Um, all right. Yeah. So uh, that'll put a bow on this one. Uh, and if you haven't done so yet, sh- sign up for the Shaka U.S. newsletter. If you're in the U.S. Uh, states, uh, you get a newsletter every week or every month, I should say, in English. Um, and you also, hey, you'll get a German magazine. That's what I've been getting with you with your membership to the Shaka. Um, if you if you understand German, it's uh, great to read. If not, hey, it's something you can practice with, right, Jack? Yeah, and I'm sure there's cool pictures in it anyway. So there are actually. It's actually a pretty 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 cool magazine. I'll share it one day on online. Um, so with that, uh, we want to thank Shaka. Uh, for tidbits on our podcast today, uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? J M Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter. All right, and as as always, you can find me at r underscore k h a r m a n on uh, Twitter, Instagram, or whatever. You guys know who I am, right? All right. Uh, until the next pod comes, uh, hopefully it is uh. A good, very good result, as Jack has predicted uh, for this game. So uh, uh, let's go Blues, and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. Shoes.